now in the midst of the pandemic, these times are not forever. So you have one or two choices. You're going to either throw in the towel or you're going to persevere. As difficult as things are right now, it won't be this way forever. My guests today are two entrepreneurs who have both overcome adversity in their own lives. Their strength and resilience informs their approach to business during challenging times. There's always opportunity and adversity. You just have to find where that silver lining is. When you hear other stories, it keeps you motivated. So you want to be mindful to listen to them. Coming up, my conversation with Ariane Simone and Courtney Scipio. They're each leading their businesses through an incredibly tumultuous period, and they're doing it with determination, positivity, and most of all, resilience. Hi, I'm David Fisher, and welcome to a new season of the podcast. In the first season, called Three and a Half Degrees, we explored the shrinking distance between all of us in this connected world and uncovered the magic that happens when you connect two people with different backgrounds for an open, honest conversation. This season, the podcast has a new name, Boost My Business, brought to you by Boost with Facebook. And it focuses on the ways you can leverage connections to, well, help boost your business. I'm still bringing together unexpected pairings of business leaders, entrepreneurs, and small business owners who share surprising parallels in values, experiences, and ideas. But this season, I hope you'll see how these connections are even more necessary as we all navigate life and work during the COVID-19 pandemic. In addition to powerful conversations between small businesses and industry leaders, I'll also be sharing practical tips and guidance to help you on your business journey, whether you run a local business or a global enterprise. Today's episode is all about the power of resilience. Resilience is a tricky thing. It's not something you're born with. It's something you develop over the course of your life. We all have the capacity for it, and it's particularly important for any career you pursue. That's why I'm excited to talk with my guest today, two entrepreneurs with very different journeys, but one shared trait. They're both unbelievably resilient. My first guest is Courtney Scipio. Courtney turned her knack for creating fun backyard parties for her kids into a full-service event planning company called Inspired by Annette, which was named after her own mother. It was a dream they both shared and one Courtney was able to make a reality through instinct, talent, and a lot of hard work. Thanks for joining us, Courtney. Thank you, David. My second guest is Fearless. Ariane Simone is an unstoppable force and co-founder of Fearless Fund, a venture capital fund created by women of color for women of color. She's also a philanthropist, investor, international speaker, PR and marketing specialist, and author of the new book, The Fearless Money Mindset, Broke Doesn't Scare Me. Great to have you with us, Ariane. Oh, thank you, happy to be here. Courtney, I'd like to begin with you. Your company, Inspired by Annette, was indeed inspired by your mother. Can you tell us about her personality and this dream she had for the two of you? My mother always was a strong and passionate woman. I watched her raise five kids and she did a very good job. This is a woman that wouldn't take no for an answer. She would always um, find a way. Her thing was always, if there's a will, there's a way. 
She always talked about this dream in regards to us going into business together with this event company. But unfortunately, that didn't happen with tragically losing my mother to domestic violence in um, 2012. Tell us a little bit about what that was like for you. You know, a lot of people after a loss like that, it may not be the natural next step to jump into something new, starting a new business. What was your mindset like at that point? I just felt like I couldn't stop. I felt like I I couldn't let her down. I had to just, you know, push through it and just keep going. And let alone not only losing my mother, but I was actually pregnant with my son at the same time. And then I had to take in two younger siblings, you know, on top of that. So it was just the resilience, just what I always remembered about her, you know, just keep going. Don't take no for an answer and just keep pushing it and taking it step by step. Don't look at tomorrow. Look at what's in front of you today and keep on going. That was my mindset and still is till this day. That's incredible. Erin, you've also found success after going through challenging times in your life. Can you tell us about your journey and how your life experiences have led you to where you are today? I sure can. Currently, right now, I serve as the general partner and co-founder of the Fearless Fund. But how I got into this position was actually a promise I made to myself at 21 years old. I was a student at Florida University, and I was actually raising capital as a college student. And it was for my mall-based retail store. And I remembered what that experience was like to raise just a few hundred thousand to get the doors open. And I promised myself then that one day I was going to be the business investor that I was looking for. Well, time went on. About two years later, I ended up graduating, closed the store. I moved to Los Angeles, California with a job working for Nelly's Apple Bottoms. And the company got sold after 30 days in. And I was let go. They got rid of everybody. And I eventually ran out of money and I went from my apartment to my car. And I ended up on welfare, food stamps, general relief. I mean, I applied for 153 jobs. Nobody just happened to hire me. But over time, I got a call from somebody who took notice of my work at Apple Bottoms. This is months in of not having a place to stay. And they said, would you do some PR marketing work? And I said, well, sure. Well, they were my first client and I ended up building a PR and marketing company from the ground up. I didn't go get an apartment at first. I went and stayed in the office space. I lived on the 26th floor and on the 19th floor, Steve Harvey had a morning show and I would network with the celebrities every morning. And eventually we built up a nice roster. We ended up servicing clients from Sony Pictures, Walt Disney and Universal doing PR and marketing in the area of major motion picture films. That's amazing. But how did you make the leap from PR to venture capital? Time went on about 10 to 12 years. And I remember the promise that I made to myself as a 21-year-old college student. And I said, you know what? It's time to fulfill this promise and it's time for this to manifest. And I saw that there was a serious need for Black female investors at the time. The industry currently has, I guess you would say, um, 80% white male, 2% African-Americans, less than that are women. So we knew that we were solving a problem. We saw there was a lack of diverse investments. Right now, black women receive 0.0006% of venture funds. And we wanted to be on the other side of the table. There's a lack of diverse investments because there's a lack of diverse investors. So that's the cliff note version. That's how I ended up in this journey of where I'm at today. Great story, inspiring stories from both of you. For each of you, when you look back to those pivotal moments that were really your leaping off points to building your businesses. 
What do you think were the key one or two things that either attributes or actions you took that made the difference to get you to where you are today? I would say just having that resilience, just keep pushing and just having that faith. I would say having an attitude of gratitude is key. So for anyone who is listening that is experiencing any types of obstacles, when you are grateful for the things that you do have, you start to shift the environment around you. Your mindset starts to adjust. So even to this day, I keep a gratitude list. Whether it's something as simple as a can of soup or something as simple as, hey, we closed out on another investor. In addition to that, I would tell people that what you visualize, you materialize. So keeping inspiring visuals in front of you is important. When I was living out my car, I would ride around the Beverly Hills neighborhoods and I would say, if you can do it, so can I. And the third thing I would say would be energy to surround yourself with people who are definitely encouraging and motivate you throughout your journey. I have to confess that listening to you both, I'm inspired and a little bit in awe and wondering, you know, I, I think all of us have times when when we doubt ourselves or feel like maybe we just need to give up. Have either of you had those feelings and what was it like? Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. I would say too many times to count. <laughs> So many times to count, but absolutely. When it gets tough, when so much is on my plates, I just want to give it all up, just leaving my business and going back to the corporate world. But then I go back and I remember what's my why? Why did I start it? I'll push it out of the way and back to the drawing board. And still to this day, I still have those moments, but I move that out of the way, get out of my feelings and just keep on going. Yes, your why is always what's going to continue to motivate you. It has to be mm -hmm. something bigger than you. Absolutely. Or when the obstacles do come, you will check out mm -hmm. because things just happen. It's, it's life. And, it, and your panic is so much in your perspective. It's how you choose to view what is taking place. Mm -hmm. So I definitely will say, yes, those times have happened. <laughs> um, definitely for me, living out of a car, I was in great spirits most of the time. And then I had a moment where I was literally at a green light and wouldn't move. And my mother called and she was like, you can't do this to me right now. And I told her, honestly, I just don't even know where I'm going. And I meant that literally because I was living out of the car, didn't know where I was going, didn't know what my next move was. So, yes, I've definitely seen those moments and those days. But when you pull from something greater than yourself, you will always be able to keep going. So let's build on that. When you talk to other people who maybe are going through tough times, I mean, each of you has dealt with the loss of a loved one or the loss of stability, and you've both dug deep and found something that kept you motivated. What do you tell other people who are going through tough times? There's always opportunity and adversity. Mm -hmm. You just have to find where that silver lining is. And when you hear other stories, it keeps you motivated. So you want to be mindful to listen to those. Where there is a will, there is a way. And the times that we go through, we always have to remember that these are, are not forever. Even talking to people now in the midst of the pandemic, these times are not forever. So you have one or two choices. You're going to either throw in the towel or you're going to persevere. Just digging deep. I mean, that can be hard, but pushing through, through our lowest moments, you'll definitely come out strong on the other side. Moving forward to today, 
like most businesses and industries in the U.S., I have to imagine you've both been affected by COVID-19 and the economic hardship that's confronting all of us right now. Courtney, how has this pandemic changed the way you do business? Oh, well, with me being in the event industry, I think we were probably one of the first that really felt the impact. So on a business front, definitely the contracts have been tightening up. (laughs) But coming from an event perspective, as people start to kind of come back and feel more comfortable, smaller events and even virtual, I'm doing a lot of virtual and Zoom calls as well for my business. And my staff, you know, I have to lay off a lot of my staff as well. So things have really changed. How have you confronted some of the significant challenges that you've faced? Well, I have three parts of my business. So I own an event venue. We do event rentals. And then we go out to other venues and we do full production and set up there as well. So when the pandemic hit, of course, venues, all that stuff was shut down. My venue was shut down. I added on the rental part of my business about a year and a half ago. That was the plan for 2020 and 2021. So I really took the initiative to grow that part of the business as far as the rentals and, and focus more on that and to show people how they can celebrate at home and in a safe way. Ariane, there are obviously a number of challenges facing entrepreneurs during COVID, but I wonder what kind of opportunities you're seeing right now. One of our founders of our portfolio companies, Tracy Pickett, she has hairbrella.com and it's the rain hat reinvented. And when COVID hit, she's just a genius. She had a, a quick pivot and she took her existing model of her rain hat and then she also added a face shield to it. So she's been soaring like leaps and bounds. So for those who've been able to see where that opportunity lies, most definitely. On the flip side, I can say that during this pandemic, there has also been so much racial and civil unrest and just racism and and just social justice to where people have paid attention to a lot of the disparities in our community. So with that being said, a lot of people have rallied behind different black equity initiatives, whether it's supporting different African-American businesses. A lot of companies have made commitments. Even Facebook has made a beautiful commitment to the communities to definitely assist in different areas. So I have been able to witness the silver linings and the opportunities due to the fact that everybody's been still during this pandemic. Well, let's pick up on that that point of of racial justice right now, because we know, unfortunately, that Black-owned businesses have been disproportionately impacted by the effects of COVID-19. One report from the New York Fed found that 41% of Black small businesses have closed for good due to COVID compared to just 17% of white-owned businesses. This is hurting so many people in so many communities. It's really heartbreaking. And I'm curious both how you think about this and how you've tried to respond I'm still, you know, showing up and promoting, you know, my business, even when I don't feel encouraged to do that during this difficult time. And what I've done to make sure that my business has stayed afloat, I've went back to the drawing board and see how I could eliminate any unnecessary expenses. I had to lay off a lot of my employees. So now I actually contract certain employees and people just to come in when I need the work done. But that's really what we've been doing, just pivoting and just really still showing up and staying encouraged during this difficult time. Can I ask you to go a little deeper on that point that you made about those times when maybe you don't feel inspired to come to work and to show up and lead a business? 
I know a lot of people are feeling that right now in many ways. So mm-hmm. how do you go about trying to build the energy to go to work? I go back to my why. I think about my family and push past it back to that resilience. You're going to have those times. I tell all entrepreneurs that when it comes to me for questions and advice, those times are going to come. You're going to have those days where you don't feel you know, like it. And of course, more now than ever, you have to go back to your why. You have to pick yourself up and just keep on moving. That's for anybody in business. Absolutely. Erin, how about you as an investor right now at a time when so many businesses are struggling and especially Black businesses, how are you thinking about this and what is this experience like for you? For us, it's been like nonstop meetings of pulling together resources for people in that situation Currently, as an investor on the venture side, we invest in high growth startups where these people are pretty much doing great and they have adapted well to the situation. But I understand as a person in the industry of finances that I have a responsibility to my community. So with that being said, we've gotten with other brand partners, building out different COVID relief portals being more so a resource saying, hey, these people are offering grants. These are the deadlines. You guys meet the thesis. You all meet what they're looking for. Come here. We have been holding different virtual discussions. We even have holiday grants that we're giving out as well, too, because we understand that our community has been disproportionately affected by this alarming pandemic. So we have just been pulling together our resources and different brand partners are stepping up to get the money to the people who definitely need it most. How do you then turn to look forward? You know, the only certainty we seem to have right now is that there's so much uncertainty about where we go from here. So how does that factor in as you're planning for certainly the holiday season ahead? And then as you think forward for 2021? Well, definitely planning. I mean, more meetings with my accountant than, you know, ever before to kind of look at the projections and the numbers and stuff like that. But in the event industry, I've had several postponements, cancellations. A lot of people are planning for 2021. So just really being optimistic and keeping a faith and looking ahead. But looking at 2021, I mean, honestly, For, I mean, my region where I'm at, it looks like it's going to be a huge year because of the cancellations and everything with 2020. It's very uncertain right now. You know, I can have an event. I had a couple in November and then the clients came back and canceled or they postponed for 2021. So just really taking it day by day. Makes sense. Erin, how about you? I wouldn't just say holiday or even the current COVID climate that has us looking at what the future can hold. I would say we're looking at the future in general. So for all of the industries that we invest in, we're looking at the future of CPG. We're looking at the future of tech. We're looking at the future of beauty. So we're looking towards the future, I would say, in all industries and especially also in the tech industry, because a lot of automation is just growing, especially when people were unable to go to work. So from us, we're looking to see what opportunities lie in the future of work in its totality. Let me ask you if you have advice for each other or other Black entrepreneurs who are trying to navigate these difficult times. Most definitely. I'm very big on internal and external work. 
So I would definitely encourage, you know, the gratitude list. I would encourage the vision boards. I would encourage the meditation. I would encourage the quiet time. I would encourage making sure that you're surrounded by great energy. Um, the external of that that I would encourage is the adaptability. Your ability to adapt will always be your ability to sustain and to thrive. The reason why the subtitle of my book says broke doesn't scare me. Well, the fearless money mindset broke doesn't scare me. One, because I've seen it and it doesn't. And I don't plan on going back, thank God. But I, it just doesn't. Because the reality is it's okay you hit rock bottom. You can start today. It's, it's a new moment. It's a new second. So I would encourage that. And like I said, your panic is such in your perspective. If you just view it as, hey, it's something I can just build again. It's something I can pivot. It's something I can change. And it will. It definitely will. If you've done it before, you can do it again. There's nothing wrong with that. And honestly, if you build something over or if you're pivoting, it's going to be even greater because this is a time when creativity is birth. When people are down to nothing, you are probably the most creative ever, ever. So what I would even tell you, Courtney, though, is to look at what virtual options, of course, are there. And I know you're exploring to look at different things that you can do, you know, socially distance. I started seeing where people were putting up these concerts and they had like these little areas for each family just to sit in. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. So just thinking of where you can play in that space because you will win. If you've won somewhere before, you will win somewhere again. Courtney, any advice come to mind for you? Yeah, um, absolutely. It goes back to keeping the faith, being resilient. And I agree with everything Ariane was saying, the meditation, the vision boards, your positive environment, because I'm all about that. That's a part of my morning routine and just really having time for myself and going in deep thought before I even let the world in with phone calls and emails and even my family. But I would definitely say to continue to dig deep. And just like I said before, you got one or two choices, you know, you can throw in the towel or you can persevere through this journey. Whatever we go through, it just makes us so much stronger. And when you come to these future roadblocks, you know, you'll be resilient and ready for it. Thanks for sharing that. One of the things that strikes me is when I have the opportunity to meet successful entrepreneurs like the two of you, I find that there's often a moment in their past when things clicked, when they knew not necessarily that they had it made, but that they could do this, that they could succeed. When you look back, is there a moment in building your business that played an outsized role helping you grow and, and build successful businesses? Yes, I would definitely say so. There's a moment in my mind that I can think that has been very pivotal in my entrepreneurial trajectory. So when I was living out of the office, somebody by the name of Coach Carter, who had a movie named after him, found me sleep on the office floor. And at this point, I probably had like five to seven clients going. I was just staying there to save up because California is expensive. And I'm like, well, let me just save up while I'm in here. And he said, oh, my gosh, you're living in here. And I was like, oh, no, it's fine. And he was like, well, no, no woman should have to live like this. I said, well, actually, I told him I was building an empire. I know he probably was like, this 23-year-old woman's nuts. I said, yeah, I'm building an empire. He was like, well, let me help you. And I said, what are you going to help me with? And he said, well, movie studios outsource people for PR and marketing. And I said, okay. And he took me over to Paramount and said he had a movie coming out. I met from the producers to... The cast, pretty much everybody. I'm on the lot room like the Dr. Phil show. I'm on stage imitating Dr. Phil. I'm just having a blast. 
And that's when the light bulb clicked off. So he wasn't necessarily the thing. He was the thing that led to the thing. Cause of course I did receive a check and then I was able to go get this apartment, but the light bulb went off that, Oh, if this movie studio outsourced this service, all do. And then from there, it was off to the races. I mean, we worked on Robert De Niro films, Will Smith films, James Bond's Quantum of Solace. I mean, like the list goes on and on and on. Kevin Hart films. It's just, I mean, the credits are just enormous at this point. But I was like, oh, wait a minute. So, yeah, there are those pivotal moments where I can definitely say, okay, this is a shift. We're on to something. And Courtney, how about you? This was something that just happened. I guess the alignment was right because I wasn't thinking about starting an actual event business. But once I had those parties at home for my kids and then I posted those pictures on Facebook and started not intentionally, but getting clients or different people inboxing or asking if I could put together their event, then that's when I something clicked in me. It's like, okay. I really do have this, like I have this gift, no formal training or anything, something that I feel like I have gotten and I've, um, from my mom, that's just really when it clicked. And just one client, you know, having that client and it led to the next. And that's just really how the business started and grew from there, posting that, that one, that picture on Facebook. I wonder, Courtney, do you ever think at times like this about your mom and what she would think about your business and everything you've built right now? Absolutely. All the time, daily, because if you step into my office, there's a picture of her on the wall. So as soon as I come in, I get to see her and I'm smiling. And in the picture, you know, she's smiling back at me. I know she's definitely not with me in flesh, but in spirit, I, I definitely can feel her. And I know that she's with me every step of the way. I think about her daily, sometimes in tears, but it's happy tears to kind of look back to what I went through and where I'm at now. I know she would be proud. And I, I know she is proud. Courtney and Arian, I'd like to thank you both so much for your time today and for sharing your stories of resilience, as well as your keen business insights. It's really been a privilege to have you here. Thank you so much. It's been an honor just to share this space with you and Courtney and being able to encourage others on their journey. Yeah, same here. Thank you, David. It was a pleasure speaking with you, Ariane. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Coming up, some practical tips and takeaways from our conversation. I've got strategies you can implement today to help your business survive and thrive in 2020 and beyond. It takes a lot of courage to start a business and even more resilience to keep it going. Earlier this year, when the pandemic took hold of the US, a lot of businesses suddenly needed to find new ways to connect with their customers. One way many did it was through an online presence. And while it may seem daunting if you have no experience building a website, establishing an online presence can be as simple as creating a Facebook page for your business or brand. But don't stop there. Once that's done, head over to facebook.com business for free resources, tools, and even courses and training materials to help make the most of your digital marketing. And if you're a black business owner, there are dedicated resources waiting for you there as well. You can find details in the show notes or visit facebook.com business. I loved my conversation with Courtney and Ariane. They were both so open, honest, and real about life and the struggles of pursuing their dreams. 
Here are a few insights that stuck with me. First, there's often opportunity in adversity. Remember when Ariane gave examples of what she and other entrepreneurs have done to pivot and take advantage of the moment? Well, you can do the same by staying informed, getting creative, and being ready to respond to opportunities when they arise. Second, never lose sight of your purpose, or as Courtney put it, your why. A clear sense of purpose will not only inform your business strategy and decisions, it can also help guide you through the toughest times. And finally, Black-owned businesses need your support. As I mentioned earlier, they have been disproportionately affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, with 41% already closed for good. You can help by actively choosing to buy Black. In the next episode, we'll talk about the power of home. I'll speak with Monique Capanelli, owner of Articulture Designs, and Stephen Orr, editor-in-chief of Better Homes and Gardens, about the recent massive changes to home life, how that's affected their work, and ideas for how to make the most out of your home. You've been listening to Boost My Business, brought to you by Boost with Facebook. New episodes are released every two weeks. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. For more information, see the show notes or visit us at facebook.com business. I'm David Fisher. Thanks for listening.